Your parents no. definitely liked you better. Mm, no, they no. liked you. Really? I, you made them, I made them laugh the most, so I, I got out of trouble up. for making them laugh. Like, I turned it into a joke. Like, he was the wild one. I was the... Whoa. I had some wild nights. I don't give you a title like that. We had three rules growing up in our home. It was no motorcycles, no tattoos, no piercings. Those are the rules. And you did all of the above. Well, I feel if you're going to break the rules, you should have a firm understanding of them. Really understand what you're breaking. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. John, Don, Dirty Water Don, listen, you guys are good dudes. I appreciate you being here. This podcast is predicated on turning around, helping other regular Joes figure out how to win. And uh, I look at you guys as winning. You guys came out to my event a couple weeks ago through Diesel Dave, Keaton, and those guys. Um, it was during my speech or right after you shot me a little DM. You're like, hey, let me get on your podcast. I slid into your DM. Yeah, you did. Correct. You did. Loved you were, it. Because you recognize real. Real recognizes real. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, these guys have a lot more love than me. I got about 4,000 followers. You have like 100,000. Your brother's got fucking all types of followers. You're doing Not a big thousand. shit. You can say it. He doesn't have 50, it. Almost There's, 54. That's half. 54,000. I didn't want to say anything. But you could have done. He's okay. at 50%. It's okay. But listen. You got to start somewhere. I'm half the personality double the man. But yeah. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a fucking t-shirt. Josh printed. Yes. You guys are real dudes. You're also from fucking Jersey. How you doing? This podcast is about giving platforms to other entrepreneurs, business owners that are doing what I call God's work. Keeping it real, being good dudes. You guys also have an interesting background. Some might argue. Diving, welding underwater, one of the most top 10 dangerous top jobs. Top 10 depends where you Google. So, some websites, it beats out garbage collecting. Really? Garbage, garbage collecting is dangerous? Yes, because per capita, more garbage collectors get ran over than a diver dying in the water. Really? So they'll win because there's more of them and they have big, you know, bigger numbers. So that many guys get ran over, huh? I get, well, how many times in or your life to the back have of the you cut off a garbage truck? I don't, I go around it, I don't cut it off. Sorry, I'll change my verbiage. Yeah. How many times have you legally went and passed a garbage truck, probably using your blinker probably. at a good rate of speed, yeah. probably hand so like to work. when yeah. it's allowed. With the passing's on the left. Now, right. if a guy who's working happens to be deaf, dumb, and blind, because, you know, equal opportunity employers, steps out in the street while you're making your legal maneuver, and you happen to strike him mm -hmm. or her, we don't judge and we allow all people to be hired. I get out and run. Someone else is driving. Wow, bold statement. <laughs> you're legally passing, but you get out and run. It was legal, but I'm leaving. A lot of legal people are going to jail nowadays. What's That's going on with Trump? the cops. Plead the fifth. Don't make a difference. I don't know nothing. Call my lawyer. Yeah. Listen, you guys are learning. You're dealing with the networks. You're really learning. Yeah. So we're going to take you back to North Arlington, though. 37? 37. 37 33? 35. 35. 33 was your story you told me earlier. That's why the age when I started doing stuff. Yeah. 18 months apart, Irish twins. I got the look. Whatever. You look Italian. No, we you know Italian. No. Zero. We have uh, Irish and German mainly, and then my mom's side, there's a little bit of Russian, maybe Ukrainian, depending on what year you're talking about. Is that how you connected Josh? No, Josh is my hedgerow life mate. We adopted him. We met him in the union. We recently called our parents on speakerphone and said, hey, will you adopt Josh? My mom said, legally, I can. He's of age. I said, well, we can you do it? Symbolically. Can my dad make a little card that says yeah. we have to? So he's right now our new little brother. Is the oh, card so made? Excited. 
Hmm? Oh, yeah. The card was made. Home, you get yeah. laminated, too, yeah. Casey, Casey cries. He's good at paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. So officially, publicly, welcome to the family, Josh. 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 To Josh. Now, by the way, today is Buy Your Older Brother Dinner Day. It's a national holiday. Seafood, <laughs> every day. seafood dinner, crustaceans. So you guys were, you know, you were wild dudes, just like a lot of my friends I grew up with. You were having fun, living your life. You were rolling with some of the bikers. I did. You were doing your thing. You were like the, the prom king, queen. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't, we don't question gender. I appreciate yeah. that. No, no, no gender question. We lived, we lived many lives already. We did. And we're still on the roll. Where were you the prom king? Is it North Arlington High School? Yeah. Well, he was homeschooled. Were you, granted, were you there was jealous? only 88 people no, in my graduating class. Awesome. I was a prom king. Mm -hmm. Did you drive a six-cylinder Mustang? I wasn't allowed down? to be on the prom court because I was, by that age, I was arrested with a felony. So... Well, what did you do? To, what happened? Uh, grand larceny. Allegedly, we broke into an establishment and took a bunch of money. After hours, of course. We're not robbers. We're burglars. We're burglar. Oh, we were young. And um, they came and picked me up the day after Martin Luther King Day sitting in history class. Mitt Smith, if you're watching, I'm sorry I embarrassed your class and disrespected it. My apologies. You were 17? You were underage? I was 17, yeah. You go to juvie? No, nope, no. Nope. They told me they were going to charge me as an adult unless I gave them the information. My father laughed and said, you're going to charge him out as a juvenile because he is one, and none of your officers say prosecutor on it, and we're going to go home. And he went home, and uh, he hired the best lawyer he could at the time, and of course he charged me for it. Nothing in this world's free. So all the money I did make went to legal bills. So crime really doesn't pay. Plus, you got to help him with weekends for the next forever. I still, I still owe punishment time. I'm pretty sure, almost positive. That's great. That's all right. My parents. It's a story. Yeah. You learned. Yeah. Did you so get my, better? No, I became a better criminal. Yeah. Uh, later on in life, I did a lot of more dumb shit. Got arrested a couple more times. Got better at paperwork. Got better at paperwork. Were you behaved the whole time? Yes and no. Your parents no. definitely liked you better. No, no. Like you. really. I, you made them, I made them laugh the most, so I, I got out of trouble up. for making them laugh. Like I turned it into a joke. Like he was the wild one. I was the. Oh, I had some wild nights. I don't give you a title like that. We had three rules growing up in our home. It was no motorcycles, no tattoos, no piercings. Those are the rules. And you did all of the above. Well, I feel if you're going to break the rules, you should have a firm understanding of them. Really understand what you're breaking. So I'm, since I'm a fan of loopholes, I was like, fine, I won't do those three things, but I'll do everything else. I'll get a moped. Yeah. And henna tattoo. I'll take mushrooms, I'll smoke weed. Things like that. Remember when mom found weed in your room when you were young? 18th birthday. Oh, great time. The next morning, it was Friday night, the next morning, day after my 18th birthday, she sits us down at the dining room table. She's family meeting, and him and the only owners were living home. Only two. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're awkward. Fine. <laughs> so we sit down, and she goes, okay, I'm gonna say this one time, one time only. Go downstairs and get it. And she looks right at me. I'm like, get what? So why was I even present? What are you me? talking about? She goes, I know you have she it. She just wanted you there. Yeah, she goes, she was I know, pull you yeah, into it somehow. Yeah. I know you have it, go get it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, marijuana. Is it my wife did that. She found yeah. it in the medical cabinet. It's in, it's in, she goes, she it's walked in. in my apartment, she's yeah. like, she was like a fucking canine. You got weed in here. <laughs> My, so she goes, go downstairs and get it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, up in the light. I know it's there. Go get it. And there's no way she could reach or even know it was there. Why was she physically. changing the light? She wasn't. She wasn't. She, she just knew she it was She said there. she had a dream that I came home and put it into the light. Did you also read, I was reading Word Up Magazine as well. So she ends, I end up go getting it and putting it on a table. My dad quick opens it up and starts sniffing it. And she's like, go flush it. And she goes, the goes do we have to? No, it was like... It was pretty much awesome. Yeah, I don't. I didn't fuck around. Like berry fresh or like, cantaloupe. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> For, well, this was two thousand. Cantaloupe and delicious. This was two thousand four. So whatever was great then, you know. 
like Silver Haze or something. He told us the story about how weed saved his life and he couldn't ground us for it. I'm not sure how he said us. No, he said, wasn't he said psychedelics saved his life. No, it was weed. He was why did why why did psychedelics save his life? So he went to New Mexico Tech for mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. in the seventies. Like archaeology. 70s. Yeah, he, he made it. Yeah, that was the IBM guy. That's yeah, that's my, that's my grandfather, my dad. So his son. Lineage. So, yeah. So yeah. he he goes to Mexico Tech, archaeology, and some Ooh, other Packer. stuff. And his senior year, he goes out and he does like a shit ton of acid, smokes a lot of weed, drinks a shit shit ton. And then his roommate, he's a he was a fellowship or something of the department where he had to get rid of a lot of like crystallized dynamite. Whatever reason he had to do, he had to do it. So he's gonna drive out to the middle of the desert. Sounds and shady as fuck. So he asked my dad, hey, Mexico you want- CIA yeah. shit, definitely. He asked my dad, hey, do you wanna come with me and blow this up? My dad's like, fuck yeah. Do I? He goes, did you smoke anything? He goes, no, I didn't do anything, I'm, I'm straight. But my, meanwhile, he just took shit. So they get to the desert, now he's tripping his balls off in the middle of the desert. And he's about to light off this crystal. They light this shit off. They're standing behind this giant boulder and they're standing up. And he says all of a sudden, like a million lights just sparked up in the sky and he's standing there like, oh my God. And the kid pulled them down at the last second and a giant boulder went over their heads. Although it's a great story, that's all I'm referring to. What I'm referring to is they're riding their dirt bikes to the desert. Was, yeah, and they had their headlights on the dirt bikes and the friend, his roommate, signaled, hey, let's pull over and smoke, as my father calls it, a bone. They stopped their dirt bikes, lit their joint, and walked 10 paces, and there was a giant crater. They would have rode their bikes like 500 into feet it. right into it. They would have died. So he's like, can't yell at the boys for weed because weed saved my life. Yeah, that was just us. And we were like, what the fuck? And my mom was totally distracted by his story that we just kind of like slinkied away, and John went to go grab the weed off the table, and my father was like, no. I took it back. But we didn't get in trouble. And they flushed it. I don't think they did. Yeah, he did. I watched him. Nah, I, I give you a lot of credit for persistency. You were still trying to grab the weed. Yeah, why not? Like, what are we yeah. I, mean, I paid for it. My hard-earned money. Yeah, you cut grass. What yeah. kind of You cut grass to buy Blimpies? grass. That's right. I worked at Blimpies. Yeah, I ran that. You, you know Jared? That's Subway. And no, yeah, I don't. He's, uh, he's a freak. And I don't like freaks. <laughs> Blimpies is not hang out with those kind of guys, all right? Yeah, Subway's pre-made. It's bullshit. All right. Blimpies is hand-cut. It's hand-quality shit we're talking. Do you think it's good? It used to be, yeah. No, no, it used to be. Fucking terrible. It used to be. You made a mean chicken. It was the first sandwich shop ever. Like, what was your best sandwich you did? Chicken parm. I made the tuna. I made it pretty fucking good. Bullshit. You don't like tuna. tuna. You guys are so opposite, but the same. He goes fucking tuna. You go chicken parm. He made it. No, I go everything. That's the issue too. He's the cook in the family. He cooks. That's why I made the best. After like, I put like breadcrumb in it and like special seasonings. Made it nice. How old were you? This is 17, yesterday. 18, and like, I was just turning 19 when I worked in that three-year stretch of Blippi. But I also worked at pizzerias, I cut grass, I had like tons of different jobs over town. What was it? Pizza Land was all of our first jobs. odd jobs for old people, like, they pay the best. What were you doing, Don? I had like a criminal enterprise. Riding bikes and uh... So you were just in like the biker gang? Well, no, this was before that. No, bicycles, I meant. Yeah, bicycles. Riding by BMX guys. BMX guys. And uh... Oh, you were young. Oh, really? You were a BMX guy? Yeah. Chasing town on his bike. Were you smaller? I was 50 pounds lighter than I am today because of my, my wife had twins recently. So all those McDonald's smoothies at two in the morning and you get a 20 piece because you're there. You, you know? get a 20 piece for the table. For the yeah, table. for the table, for the table, it's for everybody. I said, hey, I want these for you. She's like, I don't want those, I want my smoothie. And then you eat them. Oh, and I gotta so eat you're, them you're, you were biking it up, you were doing some BMX yeah, I had, shit. Yeah, I love BMX. Hitting some grinds. Mm-hmm. I used to come down to uh, Sarahville to the bowl. It's a great time. What was your best move? I could do a tail whip really nice. And I ended still? with a bar Can you do it still? Can you do it on a beach cruiser? Yeah. We should film that. I just thought I couldn't do it. Why are you gonna film it? I'll jump a ramp on the beach cruiser. Anyway. Right, fuck, I'll try. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you dive in weird waters. Why not try a fucking tail? What makes them weird? I think more like the Hudson quirky. River. Who the they're fuck quirky. goes in the Hudson River? Uh, Cosmo Kramer. That was East River. 
Military guys swimming every year. Yeah. yeah. They're in the military, it's different. Next Why is it different? Muslim, yeah. Military guys. Because they're fit? No. I get it. I'm like multi-ice They're forced to. No, they volunteer. Really? They do it for a charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they raise money. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you guys are wild dudes. Having fun, being real. Great parents, working hard. When did you decide to be a diver? I was working for a company called International Tank Services out of Lima, Ohio. And I was working there welding storage tanks for jet fuel and kerosene at the time. I made a comment about uh, my job being so dangerous, I should have a, uh, a better, be better pay. Now, prior to that event, I went to school for aeronautical engineering, wanted to be an astronaut. So you were upselling like from a young age? Yes. So I couldn't be an astronaut, so I went to be a, I worked in tanks, doing tank work, worked for the railroad for a little bit, for four years, doing freight. What's up with all the derailed trains? What's going There's on always been derailed trains. Now Seems they're just publicizing. No, it's always been like that. Plus the rail system is shitty in this country. No, it's not that bad. Yeah, remember, when you ride on a rail, right, the, the truck, it's only touching a piece of rail the size of a dime at any given time. And it sways. But isn't that like, that's like, maybe we should do away with that. Though. Well, the problem antiquated. we had is when we made the rails, we followed the cut-in tracks of wagon and wagoneers. Yeah, so, so we should do away with it. It's antiquated. I don't know if it's antiquated. A lot of Hold on, you can't terms. count to 10 when you're tossing out antiquated? I can count to nine. But you can't say 10 when you say antiquated? It's close. To antiquated? All right, we'll talk nine about that later. Nine is close to 10. <laughs> All right. Don't throw me off with your fucking ADD. Guys, I can't handle it. I'm just confused on how we're comparing the rail system to be antiquated. I think it's a very effective service. You just said you started with fucking roll cars, and now we got things that do 120 on it. But those are different rails. Those are different train systems. You well, have. I just know trains. I can't hang a shelf, dude, so I just know trains going Well, rails. you have freight that doesn't exceed a certain speed, and then you have passenger and bullet trains that are designed to go that rate of speed, and they have a different track system. Okay, well, how the fuck did you get to diving? I get the diving. So from there, I couldn't be an astronaut. I tried my hand at tank welding. I feel like I didn't get paid enough. So I looked into diving because I was told it was the world's most dangerous job by Google. I called my so ex-wife. So excited you? Uh, yes, yes. Anything worth doing is worth doing dangerously, right? So uh, she Googled it for me. She set up, I didn't know she did this. She set up my, uh, the appointment at the school in Jersey, down in South Jersey, to go to the school and do a tour without my even knowing. So I got home from work and she said, hey, by the way, Saturday you're taking the tour. So I went, I did the tour, I graduated top of my class, had a great time doing it. And I always figured I can't be an astronaut, I'll be an aquanaut. So I ran with it, I got really good at it. So I figured like an Armageddon, when they needed someone to go to space, they got the best of the best, right? So if I'm the best diver in the world, by theory, if you need to go to space, I'm only like 30 grand of education and astronauts like two million. Send me, I can turn a wrench better than this guy. That was my thought process. I, was I liked it. So I uh, applied myself at diving. Climbed the ladder, climbed the ranks, had a good bunch of crews I worked with. I uh, got broken out relatively early in my career, which means when you go from tending, the guy choking the hose, to the guy on the other end in the water. So I only tended for about a month. I had a good crew that you know, vouched for me, and I got in the water and I never got out. I'm doing it for over 10 years in the union, local 15, 15. Well, you had a great rabbi. My rabbi was the cat's mail. This guy, Bobby Maz. And I don't know if you know about union work, the guy that gets you in, the guy that vouches for you or vets you is referred to as a rabbi. Mm -hmm. So if you have any trials and tribulations or little hiccups in your career or through your apprenticeship, you call your rabbi and your rabbi takes care of it. So all my tomfoolery and things Sounds of that like nature. Sounds like Yeah. And this guy was top dog without being like on the board. He doesn't need to be in the no, meeting yeah. to run the meeting. Like he was- he The last of the old so school like Tony guys. Yeah. yeah, he took a liking to me. Yeah. Very well, he, assuming But you guys guy. named him a rabbi. He's called the rabbi. He paid Why for my not book. Like, like John Paul or like you know, the Pope. I don't know. I didn't change the name. 
Right. He's a confidant. He's, you know, consigliere. Yeah, yeah. Judas like what? Wartime and peacetime consigliere. I'm just trying to figure out your language. It's very difficult. Don't get upset. South Tom. Jersey and uh, North Jersey. He's, he's, he's it's like he's Pork Roll Taylor Ham. It's the yeah, yeah, same thing, it? but, Pork Roll Taylor Ham. Pork Roll, dude, all day. We're done here. Get out of here. Tilt the car. Yeah, you're from Josh North Harlem. What do you know? You don't fucking know uh, Pork Roll. I actually know the owner of Taylor Ham. Trenton? We worked with his, his cousin, no, his brother. This guy with a union with us. Anyway, we'll get back on topic. <laughs> so the rabbi got me in. He took a liking to me. He paid for my union book because I didn't have a pot to piss in or window to throw it out of. I didn't have the money for my book. He paid for it and told me I got on my feet to pay him back. You know, fast forward a year later, I went to go pay him. He said, your money's no good here. I'm going to come back to that story with your boy. What you did with him. Driving on probation. What were you doing at the time? <laughs> uh, I was driving, I think at that time I was like driving a cement truck, a dump truck. I was doing you know, a lot of jobs, warehouses, yeah, just trying to find my, my way. Hustling. I was married to my first wife. It didn't work out. And that happens. And then met my new wife, and that was it. That was pretty perfect for me. How many kids do you have now? I have three, first wife. Those are rookie numbers. Thir- yeah. Pump those numbers 13, up. 13, 10, and 7. Wow, what are you boy, boy, girl. I have a 9-year-old, a 7-year-old, a 2-year-old, and newborns. Twin Twins new- this week. Yeah. Right. Twins five. this week, guys. Congrats. Nunzio and, and Jude. What's Jude. the name? Nunzio and Jude. Nunzio? They came out and uh, they went to the C-section. Very Italian. Okay, yeah. Hey. I was Italian. Hey, how you doing? And they, they bring the doing? babies around. One has jet black hair. One has white hair. And like, she looks and she goes, that one's Nunzio, that one's Jude. I was like, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks Italian. He's and like, you guys still showed up for the podcast. You didn't yeah. even do that. You guys are fucking killing it. I'm actually leaving here and going to do the bottle feeding tonight. I'm on the schedule for tonight. You didn't have to come today. Thank you for coming. Why wouldn't I come? You got a kid in the hospital? <laughs> I, I'm scheduled to go to the nighttime feeding. He's on the men. He's gaining weight. Yeah, he's, he's doing good. good. Following the calendar. Yeah, just I go where I go. I go where I'm My wife and I did, uh, how many weeks in the NICU with Colton? Five days? Too long. Yeah. It felt like Five months. Days. It felt like forever. Yeah, too long. Every time I came in, they're like, put your cell phone down, wash your hands. There was some like heroin addict in there. I was like, I'm out of here. This is fucking weird. They, um, I took my bracelets off because I dove with them on. And I had diesel fuel and stuff on them and just ethyl methyl bad shits. And I go to the hospital last night and the guy's like, the woman goes, where's your bracelets? And Nick, you, I go, well, I had them in a Ziploc. I had to take them off because any soap you have here is not going to clean these. I'm not going to touch my son with these on my wrist, but here they are. And they, it was like a whirlwind. I wasn't allowed to do that. I'm like, but I can bring germs from the East River in, and that's okay. So, but we, we, we take you, turns. You said the East River is sort of clean. No. Yeah, what did. I said was the solution to pollution is dilution. So if you have, like, I'll give you the example. People are able to dive in the ocean and not think about the bodies, but they won't jump into a swimming pool with a dead dude. Because everyone has that ratio of dirty, icky to water. There's never been dead dudes in my pool, as I know. You know of. But there could have been. You want to go swimming tonight? I can't swim. He believed me. Saw in his eyes. Yeah. He believed you. I can swim. I was going to say something, but I let it go. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't the number 10. I know that. <laughs> 11. So. Wow. It blew my mind. <laughs> you guys are like having fun, doing your thing, getting the union. When did you start saying like, I need to do something that's like going to stand out? I, I never, never, I never did. You never thought like, hey, I'm going to go get on YouTube. I'm going to go. No, that was all him. That was me. I was going to say, the brains to, are over but here. But I knew that Whoa. we could do it. <laughs> I knew we had the, the talent and the, I call it the Jersey bullshit to do it. But I didn't know how oh, yet. Oh, these are offensive slang terms. That is offensive. 
Especially for people in Utah, the Mormons get very upset at Jersey. That's all right. These are Dave. These are Dave. Loves you guys. When you're out to dinner with them and you order an alcoholic beverage, yeah, they don't like booze. The fuck, guy. Dave don't drink. I read the room. I ordered water. Like a gentleman. Yeah, but uh, Doug next to me ordered a, a scotch neat. I'm like, I'll order a mojito. Thanks. <laughs> like, this guy fucks. Yeah. I'll take a mojito. <laughs> but I didn't know he was at that threshold of like, these guys are drinking All over I'm going to say is that the VIP dinner not. for the event. Here, yeah. At the VIP dinner, Diesel Dave got behind the bar, was pouring everybody their drink. So I don't think they're that mad. He is one classy human being. Yeah, he's really hilarious. They're my top 10 favorite people. Top 10? Yeah. That's some big he's numbers. I think it's cool when it's you genuine. have that type of love and fame. And you could just move through a room and just be you and not like look for that attention. Like he avoids it. Like I said, those guys, those two Italian guys are sitting down, they're hanging out, and Diesel Dave's just like, you know, and he could tell they were checking him out. Like, I know this fucking guy. He's on the huge show. What's his deal? And Dave just played it cool as the other side of the pillow, man. He was just a really well, great guy. He's a really, all those guys are good. Yeah, dudes. but I, we, we took a liking to Dave and we got a good rapport with Dave. He texted me after the kids were born. Like, we stayed in touch. Yeah. We worked with other talent before doing these proceedings. And you know, you do your thing, you shake hands, have a good night, that's it, we're done. But Dave stayed in contact yeah, with us. Yeah, then he invited us to Limitless Society, your thing, and we were, like, thing. We, we were like... The event was Yeah, the event, thing. yeah. Event. We were like, wait, this is, what, kind, what is this? We talked about <laughs> it for a while. What did you guys think about the event? I enjoyed, uh, full disclosure, I thought it was complete bullshit, mm -hmm. right? And then I went. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I've been walking every morning, when I wake up, I wake up earlier and I walk. Your daily habits change? They're changing. Yep, yeah. uh, the next big hurdle I'm going to You asked a great question at the thing, too, to the panel. Yes, about how to turn off the entrepreneur, social media, take on the dad. world, and be a dad. Because I found it's myself... It's hard to do. It's very difficult. And what helps is I followed all you guys. Nick, you, the muscle, everybody. That Why don't you follow me? I don't know. I don't like you that much. He's mad that Rogan follows you. You saw we'll that? We'll get to that, though. Appreciate you. I'm not that mad, but... Rogan, um, besides him coming for you, which, by the way, it's inevitable. Sorry to be the bear, bear news. John would like a follow. Just before he get, takes you down, please follow John. I'm following John first, Rogan, so. <laughs> One step ahead of you. Yeah. It's true. It's you true. don't lack resources. You lack being resourceful. Funny story, it's actually. It's a fortune cookie. Rob Bailey, great dude. Came to the event, gave us some love. He'll come out to our men's cool retreat. Guy. You guys should come do it. We know some shooting, hand-to-hand -hand combat, talking men's fellowship, entrepreneurialism, how it all intertwines. But uh, Rob's talking shit to me about, he goes, the, the one thing about your speech I thought was bullshit is I'm going to be number one podcast in the world in 10 years. I said, who, you and Sangerman? I don't give a fuck. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm, I'm going to pump like $20,000 a month in ads, and like, how are you going to catch up to me? I said, well, I'm pretty resourceful. I got you here to my event for free. And he yeah, started laughing. Rob Bailey's a great dude. I actually hired him as a coach. I stroked him a very large check and like gladly did it because he's a good dude. He's a real dude. Another East Coast guy. I'll coach you for half. Thank you. What are you coaching me on? Smoking How to be a diver. Reds? How to be a diver. <laughs> How to get bent. One time. Oh, we're going to get into that. Your boy told me all about it. Got you on uh, bar stools, though. That no, story, we were on right? Barstool before that. Oh, really? We yeah. did, um, Barstool came out with us and dove with us and did um, this Who big... Who on Barstool? You gotta get Poitnoy in the water. No, Poitnoy uh, won't sit on my lap and take a photo, so... He uses the Cape Cod water. It's, like, shallow. <laughs> we had uh, Wonton Don and Billy Football. Who always came on with us. Wonton Don. He's, yeah. in, uh, he's in Nepal right now about to climb Everest. Really? Yeah. Pretty guys. Doing big things. Mm -hmm. I asked him if we could no dive... To dive uh, Chernobyl, and he didn't want to do it. Why not? Pussy. He's scared of Putin? Also, maybe a funding thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not a pussy. It was a funding issue. So you guys start to say, I'm doing more of this dive stuff. 
When did the first video happen? And then how did you get discovered by all these people? Well, it, was, we, it was a combination of we you, know, you doing it, your thoughts. thing happening already. But when did that, how did that transpire? Well, the uh, friend of mine I worked with was reached out by a talent scout for uh, out of uh, Anomaly Entertainment, I believe, Andrea, reached out to a buddy of mine, and he has LinkedIn, and there's a you photo. You LinkedIn? I have LinkedIn. We I have a career You're I'm shot, So we're there, and there's me, a photo of me and him. I was much more schvelt. But I have tattoos from the collarbone down. Shredded? No, like no, West, no, never shredded. Never shredded. You kind of look like Wes Watson with tattoos, but Wes Who's is Wes shredded. Watson? Yeah, look at Wes Watson. I'll Google it. Yeah. So, Josh, Google Wes Watson, all right? Get that back to me. So from there, um, right. uh, Kevin wasn't a good fit, so they asked who I was. He gave them all my contact information. They, they emailed me a few times. I was a little jerk off. I responded with, I'm busy looking for the Prince of Persia's gold. When I'm done with that, I'll hit you guys up. Was that like a joke? Yeah, because you get those emails that are spam. It's like my gold from the Prince Send of Persia. Send us $1,000 and you can get the access to the Prince of Persia's gold or something. Anyway. Um, old people fell for it. Yeah, old people, old people on the totem pole, like us, we get those emails. People like you in the upper echelon, you don't get those emails. You? But motherfucker, I'm, I'm just a regular dude like you guys. So from there, they, we did a bunch of interviews, you know, and they were like, they asked about my questions, my career and everything, and I explained that I had a brother. And they were well, can we, do you mind if we talk to him? We love the brother, the brother dynamic. He's your blood brother, yeah. You come from a broken home, no. We went through all these proceedings. And they're like, you don't fit any of the cookie cutter shit we want for cable, but let's talk to him. And then he sold himself, and then we came as a package deal. Smart. Separate Zoom calls we did, and then he came back to us like 48 hours later, like, we want you will both. you sign a holding deal for 30 days? Now, at or the like, time, right. we didn't know any better. We just signed it blindly, didn't ask for any cheddar. Yeah. Now we know better. Yeah. Now you want me to sit around, I learn. get paid. Yeah. Daddy gets paid if I'm sitting here. That's right. So you guys get to deal with Discovery. What was that show all about? That show was called Sewer Divers, and the premise was different men and women throughout the country going through the infrastructure on the underbelly of the sewer systems and to see if they were in good condition or in decay. Where'd you start? Uh, our first job we did was in Belleville, New Jersey. Uh, we had a great time in Belleville. The, the EMS, the fire department, the police came out. They were How great. How was the underground sewage? That one was great. Other locations we dove and went to, not good repairs, not really good. There was rumor that we would do a season two and we'd go all over the country and our ratings dictated we should have. But then when our season one ended, the uh, Discovery got sold and they brought in to Warner Brothers and brought in all new upper echelons who want to make a name for themselves and oh, don't want to deal. Basil. Basil knows the Warner guys. Well, yeah, they didn't want it. So we end up going to another network, which, which you can't discuss, but we're going to do a different premise of a different show de depicting on what we're doing now. Is it like an older network, a lot of history to it? Yes, older network has a lot of history to it. You're mm -hmm. absolutely correct. Correct Mundo. Correct yeah. Mundo. And uh, we're going to you know, do the premise of the East River and the treasure troves that are in the East River. We're hoping to be the next Oak Island, but unlike those guys, we actually find shit. Explain Oak Island. Like We're better looking brothers. Mm, good call. So from Oak Island's perspective, it's a hole in an island, like an old well, and they believe there's a treasure down there that's set up by booby traps by One-Eye Willie, but and you gotta get to the, the bottom of it. The issue with that is You ever see that North Carolina show? What the hell is that show called? I heard about it, and you're talking about with the treasure. Yeah, what's that show with the treasure, Cal? North Carolina. Out of banks. That's the one. Yeah. I've heard, I haven't watched it. But same premise, looking for treasure. Mm -hmm. And uh, we feel we have what it takes to be the next Oak Island. They have like 10 or 12 seasons. They're crushing it. But we actually found something. But we actually you guys, found something. You guys are getting love, though, too. Like, And, and we're, we're jumping around a lot because you guys are fun guys and we're just fucking chopping it up. But you guys also have like the opportunity to go on Rogan pretty soon. Yeah, so Talk Joe, about that. Talk about what you guys are diving for currently and what you found today. Take that one. 
So this morning we set sail from Jersey City to go shoot B-roll. Like we wanted to get a YouTube channel started and so we had our uh, new production guy and, and Josh and our current I gotta stop you real quick. For, for people who need to know, this is a nugget. You wanna start shooting content, you're gonna work with the networks, sign a contract that allows you to control your shit. Yeah, only your You guys did that. Yeah, only content, content. Yep. So we decided, you know, let's take a day, nice beautiful day like today, and go shoot B-roll. And then and some A-roll and some stuff like that. So on we the fly were, interviews. We were out there today, and Don, Dirty Word Don was in the water for, I'd say, 14 to 20 minutes, somewhere in there. 12 minutes, yeah. If that. And he goes, yo, come to the ladder. I think it's I found something. Piece. I was there just videoing underwater content, and I came across something. It didn't feel like anything Isn't it crazy how you guys, like, go deep. You think this all out. I'm sure you have all types of info and data, and then your random day where you're just fucking around with some film, yep. you find it. And it, I, I pass it up to them. I go, I don't know what the fuck this is. I've never seen anything like this before. I give it to the guys. I keep, I keep going down there and filming. He gets on the radio. He's like, bro, this, I think this is it. This is, is it cold in there right now? Yes, it's uh, about 48 degrees. 48, like that. Yeah. I was only about 12 feet of water. It wasn't deep. And uh, he, so I don't believe him because he's a ball buster. And then Nick the Greek comes on. And Nick's like, I think you need to get out of the water and come see this. I was like, why? He goes, you need to start making phone calls. You guys have comms? Yeah, we constant communication. He's yeah. my comms guy. Yeah. So what do they call that guy? Tender. 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 Yeah. So, you know, a couple months back, you heard Reeves right. on Joe Rogan talking about you guys diving for this shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, Reeves did the show first, discussed what it was, where he dumped it. Him and my other buddy Cortez were both all about it, both on each side of me telling me got to do this. And this was our show on Discovery Channel, Sword Divers. It premiered January 1st, New Year's Day. I'm at his this house. Year. This, this year. This year. I'm at his house I'm watching the premiere. He's outside having a cigarette. I'm outside. I was like, I was like, listen, bud, we need to get the fuck out there tomorrow. Like we have to. So I convinced him to go out there the next day. Me, him, and Cortez were out there on the on the river walk by the park. The mezzanine. The mezzanine, and we're getting an idea of like how could we do this. He's like, I think we need a boat somehow. I'm like, call our buddy Randy King. Call Randy. I thought it was gonna be a tough pitch. It really was. I thought it was gonna be terrible because the the boats he have aren't cheap. You know, and I'm I'm not the greatest of people when it comes to boats. So, you don't know how to drive them, you just dive? No, I can drive them. I just, um, I'm not kind to equipment. Everything in my mind is a tool and I will use it as such. It's not a, it's not a treasure to me. It's there to work. You know, it's there for a job. So most of the time when I have dive jobs, they're not my personal boat. So to me, it's just as much as a hammer. I just use it. And uh, so we called Randy, I gave him the pitch and the pitch was like 30 seconds long. He's like, I'm in. Say less. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, come tomorrow. So the next day we went on the 4th, got January the boat. January 3rd. 3rd. Got the boat. So the boat he gave us didn't have a throttle cable in it. So let me set up. Let me set up the scenario for that morning, January third. We get up nice and early. We get up to Peekskill, New York, to his yard. It is zero visibility fog outside. Is this the story you told me earlier of like thirty-two? Mm-hmm. He's you're thirty-three. No, no, no. no, 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 no it was zero. Zero visibility, right? I had my boat license for what six months at this point. I had it, I got it from the one job we were working on. It was still wet on it. So I have maybe like experience going from a dock to a, a work platform there and back. Nothing crazy. Not on open water or Don't the East River. Don't short. Did a great job. I know. So. He's being humble. Yes. So Randy's like, yeah, go ahead, leave. So I mind you, I have to get from Peak School, New York to, to the East, East River. River 65th it's Street. a two hour boat ride. And I have to go through a shortcut under a small bridge and all this other what crazy boat you shit. In? Uh, it's a bathtub. It's a wide foot, open yeah. 24 foot skiff with a 200 Merc motor on the back. The boat's all motor. I'm a first timer out here or something like that. So now I'm navigating through zero visibility fog 
with a compass and his app on his phone. I'm using both at the same time. Yeah, there was no tracks. Like there was no tracks for you guys to trace back. A and a half, yeah. Praying well, to God I don't run into something. We made it. We even okay. get down and we're, we're about four hours into the trip, maybe five hours. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like kind of freaking out because I'm like, any moment I feel like we're the Titanic, we're gonna sink. And I see these giant lights in the sky, different colors. And I'm like, dude, fucking aliens, just great. Right? He's like, yo, you're mad. Were you spaceships. doing shrooms? No. But so he was hard pressed. It was, it was, it was, it was you told me that you, you, you operate best wide. under shrooms. So yes. I'm looking at these lights. We end up coming closer and closer and closer and going underneath. It was a tap, the Mario Cuomo bridge. All right. So we made it there. It's, and the, fucking, as, it's the tap and Z. Yeah, it's Cuomo all yeah, bridge. Zone, yeah. Who the fuck's Cuomo? It was that guy. Fake pandemic guy. No, that was his father, Mario Cuomo's bridge. Yeah, I'm just, no. Son, I'm just saying. Same family. How you doing? Same lineage. piercings, no big deal. But, um, so we reach under the bridge and then it opens up a little bit and I start hauling ass. But that was an adventure, driving like six hours through fog. Just so what did you guys get... do after that? We dove and we dove, went and dove. We went to the uh, 65th Street. And that and was for what drive. show at that time? Nothing, it was just us. Us, us on our own dime, going out there. No, we, did, we didn't know better. We were just there looking for bones. I was doing Instagram videos and posting. Just small stuff. Like, That's like, how John... Give a nugget real quick to people that like just doing them, being real, like maybe you're nervous with it, maybe you don't think you're the shit, but like, like pull the camera out. Have honestly, a Josh, have an Evan, have an owner. Someone's gonna watch it. Yeah. So honestly, I was I just trying to get on Joe Rogan. I'm like, this is it. Like, Fuck the Tuscans, I don't care about that stuff. So you heard Reeves say this, explain what Reeves said. So he did this whole grandiose spiel. First of all, fantastic human being. I haven't met him yet in person, but otherwise, everything I've come across is content, speaking to him in person with Don, the Don speaks to him in person, fantastic gentleman, real old school type of guy. He tells this grandiose story about, um, he owns this uh, Alaskan boneyard that he bought this mining company in 2000, February 2000, and came with it, came all of this stuff, and he had proof that the Museum of Natural History had property his, he wanted back. So he went to them, they told him they were doing some work in the basement, special basement, yeah. couldn't have it back for years. So he, he went and did his own thing, found bones on his property, that kept him distracted, he said. And then he went back to them years later, was like, hey, I want the property back. And they're like, nope, we don't have it, sorry, it's gone. We, we never had it, actually, I think they said, if I'm not mistaken. So he has, his lawyers looked up all this proof. They went through the archives and they found a document that was unpublished. And it stated that it was one boxcar worth of content and estimated 50 tons of mammoth bones, remains, and other like animals that were dumped in the East River on and about 65th Street. So he wanted somebody to prove that shit and then he wins it back. So he said, I he wins, dare he wins, someone. He wins the lawsuit. Now I'm tying this story together. I now you get a free dive team. Yeah, I dare like, someone with the know? venture and you know, the equipment to go do it and start a bone Well, rock. he said scuba, which. And that, well, was in, yeah. that was in the conversation with Rogan. Yep. A normal waterway, maybe you could do it scuba, but not so, these so areas. So at the time, Rogan said, if these motherfuckers find this shit. If I'm someone goes out and finds it. He finds a tusk. He said a tusk. You can come on. I'll have you on. So the jawbone happened, and we, we were found like, "Jawbone about six up, weeks ago." We found uh, step and you proved it was jawbone. legit. Yeah, it was legit. And uh, well, we were a little discouraged because we had good media coverage prior to this event of the find. And I mean, all, we were in thirty-six publications: uh, the uh, New York, New York, New York Times, the Daily Mail, a couple German outfits came out, Galileo. But they looked field. at it like, "Oh, this is like a feel-good story about yeah. what could be there, and uh, it was probably not." The museum. The, the best, the, there's a scene of this guy doing an interview with the museum, and he's like, oh, 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 out of bow tie, oh, there's nothing there. Like, They'll never find real, anything. Real, real snarky. And then we did. And then we found it. And then all media the snark, coverage the stopped. The snarky fucks always lose, just so you know. Yeah, but all media silence. The media Nobody went away. Nobody again for media a Media silence about a lot of things. And then we found, today, we found a piece of tusk. 
and it was our 73rd. How did you prove it was a tusk? I know you have a, a, a so really crew, fine lady on your team. Yeah, on our crew, we have a, an arth, a anthropologist who me, uh, minored focus in... Focus on uh, archaeology. Archaeology. She's also a diver with us. Michelle and then we called John Reeds himself, who has collected over 150,000 specimens. And his children, as they dubbed, are master boners. And then he is a super boner. That's right. A term that they've... They've coined. Super boner is a weird term. 50,000 bones or more or something like that. So Super he, boner. that's why we dubbed the name Boner Divers, because it's just cheeky. I is love that it. another LLC? Yes. You should make t-shirts for that. We have sweatshirts. Yeah. All right. Limited okay. edition. Nice. We ran, we ran them quick. We sold uh, 750 of them. Really? Barstool Sports asked us if we do a collaboration with them on the topic, uh, but then we lose rights to the artwork, and it, was, wasn't, it wasn't fiscally worth it for us, because we want to own it. You have a lot of money, that's great, but the money's going to go. We want to own it. We don't own it. What, so what I, I've realized from the time you guys walked in here, uh, great dynamic. The two of you are, are, are very good together. Uh, well, you I've known them my whole life. No, obviously. But you're also, uh, you have an ability to understand the street smarts, but also understand the business. Like, Certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah, you're, you're, but you're aggressive with it, which is different. You know, everybody's got a different touch to things. Mm. Like, what makes you keen to these things? Like, to be like, no, I'm going to do it this way. Or no, you're not going to own that. I know you're not gonna have me sign off on your content. Well, it, it, it comes down to this. You always listen to that little voice in your head. You know, the money sounds great. The fame sounds great. Oh, I'll tag you in this. Yeah, it's, and you see that they have 300,000 followers. It's short followers. Plus we have it's a, short-lived, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Plus we have a great family in our ear. Yes, and they're, they're, they're brother, help us. Great father, a lot of good people we surround ourselves with. And yeah, we don't start, we don't we hang out with losers. You know, we, we sound with people that, my mom always said, if you hang out with trash, you smell like it, you know? Mm -hmm. You said you want to be hang out with millionaires. If you want to be millionaire, hang out with millionaires. I believe is you, you are with the company you keep. And we, if we have a problem, I can always go to my brother. It's my brother, you know. And we don't. No matter how good the deal is, if it doesn't personally help both of us, then we don't take it. Plus, it helps too when something. But how do you comes have the confidence us. when you let's just say you're a regular middle class family in North Arlington? I'm, I was probably lower middle class. Like, how do you have the balls? I knew that, and I found that out in the finance space where there was a bunch of attorneys a lot smarter than me, where I just said, like, I don't give a fuck. Our family, our grandfather, our, family, and our then, uncle. And look at like people yeah. like Albert Einstein. If you judge a fish and how good it climbs a tree and how good a monkey swims, it's a world of fucking idiots. You know, everyone has their niche. Everyone has something you they're fucking good at. You can't judge a fish's intelligence on its ability to climb a tree. Okay. You know I've used that quote. before. Can't count to 10, but you know fucking Einstein quotes like that. Yeah, listen. I was paraphrasing. I can count to 11. He's now. a savant. <laughs> He's a savant. I skip shit. But the, the, you know, the point of the story is, you get to, I'm, I'm worth it. I am fucking worth it. Yeah, and when someone value. wants something from you, there's a reason they want it. Plus, we they don't want to collect it. a lot. So like, I'll push him just because. So talk about pushing boundaries real right. quick. I want to go into the story. So you dove a little deeper mm -hmm. in the East River. And, and for those people who are not non-divers or mm -hmm. non-boaters, I realize you're fishing, you're doing anything, boat racing. The current's moving. You don't yeah. realize it. When you're in a boat, all of a sudden you're like, wait, did we swing? Is our fucking anchor tied down? Like the current's always moving. Yeah. East River's moving hot. So you go down, you do a dive, you... you you know, don't have weights on you. you I, said, I didn't have adequate weight. I dove at slack tide, which when the current, you know, calms down for that little bit of time. Um, and I dove down. I was already a saturated diver. I was pushing the absolute limit to, to, from Drum Street. We were diving 60 so foot So someone tables. doesn't know what that means. What's saturated diving? So mean? you can dive for our industry, for hard diving. The rule of thumb is 60 for 60. So you can go to 60 feet for 60 minutes safely without any decompression stops. It's when you stop in the water and you off-gas the residual nitrogen in your body. 
right? So I was pushing so was that, that limit. you pull the thing off and... No, no, you hang out and you hold on to a rope and you just hang out there. And Your you, body and does and the you rest. And you take the oxygen off, no, no, though. Just, we, uh, we breathe regular ambient air. Let it rest. And you just sit there and you breathe normally. And then the body takes over and it forces that residual nitrogen out of your body. You off-gas. Do you, you ever feel panicky there. in that situation? No, it's funny because if I sit, my resting heart rate's like 110. Underwater, I'm like 60. So you're like, that's like your psychopath. Yeah. Like, like, I'll take naps under the Adderall's bone. make you take naps. It's almost like yeah. serial killer heart rate. Like, yeah. oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but I right. did. I went that far. Okay. Everyone needs a hobby, I guess. True. So from you there. You ever watch Dexter? No, I heard it's a really good show, though. Yeah, it's like a It was good for the first couple of seasons. It got weird. Yeah, it got weird. All right, Rotten Tomatoes. Please, let me watch it. I'll get, I'll get an answer on you. Fine. You won't watch it. So from there, I won't. So from there, I dove a bunch of times in a row. I became a saturated diver, which means my body had a lot of residual nitrogen in it. This particular faithful day, I went from 60 feet of water to surface under 10 seconds. Yeah, that's which, too fast. That's too fast. So you got up on the boat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move the story along for lack of time. You got up on the boat, smoking some stogies, headaches. Your brother's driving like an asshole. Get home, yeah, super get tired. To- pass out. Wake up at five in the morning. You're like, fuck. I feel fucked up. Someone stabbed me in my fucking yeah, back. Yeah, my, my lungs killing me. I have pain in my shoulder, pain in my foot. I went through the rest of the day. Got the kids to school. Cops are coming back. I felt pretty good that day. Good for you. I talked to my boy, the legend. He, he works with us, John Santiago. He's a dive medic. He's been in the industry 20 years. And then finally, I couldn't do the pain anymore. I went to the hospital. The hospital disdiagnosed me. And then, but after that, Santiago showed up, questioned the doctors and what they were doing, gave them a firm understanding of what they needed to do. And they medevaced me to Jacoby Medical Center in the Bronx. They put me in a decompression chamber for six hours. I got uh, diagnosed with uh, explain, decompression. Explain why, though, for the people Because I know. had residual nitrogen trapped it's in the soft bends, tissue. It's called bends, right? Go getting bent, yeah. Yeah. So I had it in my neck, my foot, and my right lung, all my right side. So you had essentially blood clots. Well, bubbles. no, yeah, but nitrogen bubbles. Yeah. So from there, they just put me in a chamber, bring me down to pressure, breathing uh, a green gas or a healthy gas, pure oxygen, and it cures you. It takes all the bubbles out. That's of you. fucking wild, and that was that was actually invented by divers who risked their life to figure out what happens when you come up too fast. So that's how they came up with the Navy dive tables, dive our chamber. They came up with all these scenarios that uh, give you the answers when you have these problems. Uh, uh, they also call it caisson disease. They came up with that term when they were building the Brooklyn Bridge. The guys that were digging the holes for the footings were going down the ladders and coming up too fast and getting sick, essentially getting the bends. Because they were still under pressure, yeah. even though the water was blocked off. It's by so daisons. wild. You, I mean, go to the, go to the bottom of the swimming pool, six pressure, foot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah. So I, I did. I got back. You were close to dying. I was on the I was on the door. Yeah, they touch and go for a little bit. If I, they didn't, we gotta get you me. some life insurance, dude. Dude, don't get Josh started on life insurance. Water and life insurance. He's learning. He's he's smart. solar. He likes those three things. Sun sponges. We're changing the name. So you guys obviously are just chasing your dreams. They're just it. doing you. And I, I recommend anyone that's out there who has an idea, has a theory, right? Why not? Why not you? Spend you know, your first time doing it. Yeah, everyone investing in these, in these corporations they work for, give them 40, 50, 60 hours of their life, right? And then come home 80. and sit on the couch. You know, take some of that time and invest in yourself. I call it soul sucking. That's what I call my ex-wife. I think you had that balls, and you guys both had balls. You and, need to. And, and you're, you're going after something different, and you found this thing that this guy Reeves talked to Rogan and said, hey, you're going to have it on this podcast. Dude, that's a fucking next level. You're, you're going some thumb wrestling with Snoop Dogg, right, soon? I, I hope I get to thumb wrestle him. We're, uh, we're, he started celebrity thumb wrestling. What's up with those boots, dude? Um, well, I had, was had. Not often. Not often I get had, but this took the time I did. I went and got new boots at Red Wing. And they fucking lied to me. They told me that they're rated for all these chemicals and they're good for welding. You need to get brunt boots. 
I heard, I keep seeing shit on TikTok about Local him. Local dude, and he actually advertises his own shit. He's a regular dude. Oh, yeah? Braun needs to sponsor our shit. Good well, dudes. if you reach out to them, tell them I said hi. Give some free boots. Mike, free boots from Bun- Brunts. I mean, I'll put them Brunts. to the ringer. These are three months old. I will put them, I bring them to the most harshest environments. I will test your boots. I don't want one guy that does one trade. I do all the trades. I love, I'm a plumber. I'm a plumber, but 60 feet underwater blindfolded. Well, I'm an electrician. I've done that underwater 60 feet blindfolded. Like, I always meet other trades and they know how great Blind they are. blindfolded? Because you have this much visibility. He's like, oh, you're a hooker? For underwater 60 feet blindfolded. Yeah, blindfolded. Only fans underwater? Uh, it's actually called only propellers. Similar concept. A lot of prop humor. A lot of whales. Right. A lot know. of whales. All right, we'll take that. Getting back to thumb wrestling, I'm my main goal with that is to thumb wrestle Snoop Dogg. I must have, um, The Rock. Right, yeah. Or Rose O'Donnell. Rosie? I think those two Either people, or. Yeah. Either or. Can hold those their own. Those two people, I think, will be the pinnacle of thumb wrestling for me. Yeah. So if I bring you guys down to a serious level, because you yeah. guys aren't dummies, you're actually very intelligent. And uh, a show recently wanted you on, which they were going to probably try to make you look dumb. And you guys are far from it. Talk about it from a real business perspective, entrepreneurial perspective. What is the different roles that you two play? So we, we did a lot of media stuff and a lot of attention coming our way. And everyone wanted us on because we were the flavor of the week, you know, in mid-January. And then uh, The Daily Show reached out to us, wanted us to come on The Daily Show, right? And I, I'm not going to lie, I got excited. I was like, oh, this is fucking great. It's mainstream. It's going to be good. And I bring it home, my John, Daily Show. And John's like, fuck that. Uh-uh. No. I was like, I, what? I, I watch it enough to see where they go with certain stories and they come on, they mock you and they kind of make fun of you a little bit. Especially the story's ridiculous. Like, why would there be shit tusk in the river? East River, yeah, that's a crazy story. Yeah. So, you know, it's always good. Now I'll go on. Yeah, now we'll fuck with them. But it's good when you're young and you're starting out and you're being an entrepreneur and you're doing your own, you get a good, solid support system, but a good teacher, a good partner. You know, no man's an island. No, whoever said they did it by themselves is full of shit. Plus, when we no make a decision, we're calling a bunch of different people. You get we're a good team like, around you. You guys have a buddy that, that takes you out on his boat. Yeah, you got a boat guy. The best boat person is, you know, the best boat is the one your friend owns. You know, you get a boat guy. We got Josh, who's our right-hand man. We got Cortez, shows up in the rain or shine. Josh is your fucking, this guy's the man. You know, we have a good, solid crew. We have, make sure you had some water tonight. Oh, this guy is fucking water. He made me drink like five bottles. I got a piss like a racehorse. He's in Santiago. We have we butt our heads. We have lack of we have we have differences in a lot of topics, but he's still a hell of a diver. And that guy called me for the show. That was the guy that called you. All right. He seems like he knows the shit. Though. He, he he's value. a hell of a diver. Hell of a diver. Everybody has value. As a leader, you got to understand that. Like, hey, we're all in this together. All boats rise with the tide. That's it. And you got to know what everyone brings to the table and really mold them to be the best they can Are be. Are you able to say what the next network show is going to call? What you're doing? Well, the title I cannot discuss, but. The premise is we're looking for mammoth bones in the East River. We're looking for mammoth bones in Manhattan. Maybe you already found it. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked, huh? It's going to be an interesting, <laughs> be an interesting <laughs> thing about now that during pay. contact <laughs> time. Want it. It'd be a crazy turn of events. Hey, we want to use this content for our show. And I become Joe Pesci real quick. Fuck you, pay me. Yeah. And they're like, but, but what? Sorry, it's watermarked already with our logo. Mm, we own it. And everybody's mm. so afraid of like, like people. And that's what you got to realize that entrepreneurs like, dude, go for you and understand that like you just negotiate shit. Yeah. Pay me. Like, just just be real. What are they going to do? You know Say the value no. you have. Say no, okay. I look at it this way. What's the worst thing that could happen to you, right? I get it? Worst thing that happen to you is you die, right? That's most people's biggest fear. You die. Well, if I die, what happens? I mean, if you're a holy person, you go to the kingdom of heaven. Fucking dope. I'm hanging out. I'm partying the rest of my life. We're good. Eternity. Or if you don't believe in that, yes, you're done. Nothing. No responsibilities. But you gave it your all. So get that mindset. You went all in. 
What's the worst that can happen? You're dealing with some in negotiations. Well, let's see. He's not going to beat the shit out of me. Right? He's not going to beat my ass, right? He's not going to get one over on me because I already know what he wants. So, give it my all. You want 10 grand? Ask for 20. Yeah, believe in yourself. And then he goes, I'll give you 10. You got what you wanted. Yep. And he came out hard and strong. Always bet on yourself and don't let yourself get in the way. Don't double it. Whatever your first instinct, go with it. And also, don't wait for it. Yeah, because not, it's not a wait, wait for it. Don't sit home. Don't wait for We'll wait for the TV deal to come. No, we're out there filming our own shit. Yeah, you're showing up tonight. He's That's got it. twins and fucking one in the hospital. I'm actually leaving right here. Yeah, I'm gonna go we we got to roll. We got to finish this up. You guys are great dudes. I, you're busy as shit. Thank you for coming down. This is fun. We'll have more. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do I'll a bunch of other shit together. Again. We'll all we'll all rise together. You're good dudes, and that's what matters. Cheers. Thank you for coming on. Fireside America gives a shit about good people, especially Jersey people. Us. Thank you. Cheers. Get to your. Get. I gotta go. Yeah. Gotcha.